to the Where Does It Come From podcast. I'm Jo Salter, your podcast host and founder of Where Does It Come From, a social enterprise focusing on kind clothes that tell tales. In this podcast, I'll be chatting with amazing people who've dedicated themselves to making our world a better place through business, social enterprise, campaigning and much more. In this Ask the Expert episode, I'm talking with John Taylor, Green Energy Specialist and currently Energy Projects Manager at the Greater South East Energy Hub in the UK. We talk about recent energy price hikes, the role of renewable energy and actions people can take to reduce their bills. Hello and welcome back to the Where Does It Come From podcast. This uh, episode is a special one, really, because we've got our expert, John Taylor, back to talk to us about green energy um, and energy tariffs. John is uh, someone who's worked in the green energy sector for a very long time. And we want to ask him just some key questions on what's been happening with energy pricing and where we can go from here. If you want a more detailed tutorial on green energy, John has previously recorded uh, podcast episodes. If you go back through the list of episodes, you can look into this one. But for today, we're going to talk about pricing and um, specifically relating to the recent price hikes and how green energy users are affected by that. So welcome very much, John. Morning, Joe. Good to see you again. How are you today? Not too bad. Yep. Jolly good. Well, do you want to just tell the listeners what's your um, background in green energy? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so my name's John. Um, I currently work as an energy projects advisor for a team called the Greater Southeast Energy Hub. Um, it's a public sector team and I've worked um, in various roles with councils and local authorities in the realm of energy, fuel poverty, climate change advice since 2008. So I've seen quite a few iterations of government policy and support around energy over the years. So you know what you're talking about. You can clear some of these issues up for us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. OK, well, I don't think anybody listening or anybody else can fail to have noticed that energy bills are soaring through the roof, I want to say, at the moment, which has been a huge worry and remains a huge worry to people as we see the prices go up. We know that the um, energy price cap has gone up 54 percent, which will come in in April. And people are understandably wondering how they're going to pay it. Um, can you explain why the energy prices have gone up so much and so quickly? Yeah, it is um, a real uh, big leap in what people are having to pay for what is quite a basic thing, isn't it? Just to um, yeah, have electricity and heating for your home. Um, the main thing that is driving this at the moment is the whole it's the cost of natural gas. Um, and the important thing to understand is the UK is part of a pretty large marketplace for this commodity now for gas. Like we, it's not just the UK as an island. We're connected by pipelines and um, tankers, natural gas tankers with Europe and also Asian countries as well. So um, what we've seen is uh, over the past year, um, like a, almost a quadrupling in the mm. price of natural gas. Um, so and that still makes up a really large proportion of the way we heat our homes and also where ele how electricity is generated. Um, I was just looking um, at the national grid numbers and yeah for January um, 37 percent of our electricity came from natural gas so if you think that proportion has had a four four times increase over the last year then 
you can see how that then escalates on into other people's bills. I think that's that's a really key point, actually, that excuse me, I don't think nearly everybody realises, I certainly didn't think about that, that we're not only using gas in terms of gas central heating, gas hobs, that kind of thing. We're using gas to make the electricity that we use in the other parts of running our homes. And then, of course, in industry as well, in offices and industry, we're mm. using gas for gas central heating and also gas to make our electricity. So as you say, if the price of natural gas or the wholesale price of natural gas goes up, that has a knock on effect on absolutely everything, doesn't it? It does indeed. And um, yeah, and, and why is it happening now in particular? There's lots of factors that are influencing that gas market. Um, a big one is the, just the uplifting activity since the COVID lockdown, a lot more businesses being active again. Um, so demand has picked up, but the supply and production of gas hasn't it's kind of tailing behind a bit. So there's a bit of a supply and demand mismatch there, which obviously influences markets. You've got the whole tension around um, what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. And Russia, a very big natural gas producer, which yeah, supply the European market. We don't get much gas in the UK directly from Russia, but it does influence the price we pay and how we trade with other people. Um, and yeah, fortunately, we've had a relatively mild winter here in the UK. It could have been worse if like, this time last year we had like minus 10 degrees in snow so um yeah and again yeah wind speeds have picked up again so we are generating more wind power which helps offset gas in electricity a bit that's that's a really that i wanted to come on to that actually because obviously natural gas is a fossil fuel and we are after cop 26 and all the other um, studies are going on we're trying desperately to move away from using fossil fuels for everything but energy in particular is a huge user of fossil fuels so we're still heavily dependent on natural gas which the price has gone up but um, what we're wanting to do is encourage people more towards using renewable energy for heating their homes and powering their homes Um, so how how does that come into it how does the renewable energy sector come into this um well the way i see it is if we didn't have renewables we would be having like the default position for UK electricity a few years back we would use coal and gas to make electric so the more solar and wind power we have on the system the more hours that that generates is the fewer hours that we have to run gas um, power stations so um, it's kind of a yeah we've got these kind of renewable energy gas saving features so the more and more we have of renewables the less gas we have to use um, so that that's the way it kind of works currently um, yeah, as it's yeah, it's certainly in the long term as we transition to more renewables, um, that's going to help us with these sorts of um, price shock type scenarios. So um, it's a real key thing. The net zero thing is great for climate change and reducing carbon emissions, but it should have the advantage of making us less reliant on this imported gas as an economy as well. And absolutely, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Actually, it's not just you know trying to to protect our planet by moving away from fossil fuels but actually economically we're less reliant on natural gas which we don't which we have to bring in from somewhere else so the the pricing peaks and troughs shouldn't affect us quite so much that's a really good point i'm talking of pricing seeing in the news a lot about the regulated energy price cap which has helped people a little because the major fuel companies are able to or have to keep their prices to a certain level even if they're paying more for the energy themselves um can you just explain a little bit about the energy price cap and who's regulated and who's not 
Okay, sure. Um, yeah, so this was a, a policy that was brought in a few years ago. You may remember um, a few years ago, it always, you always used to be old um, switch energy tariffs, comparison sites, get the best deal. So the people that did switch got actually very good cheap energy prices, whereas the people that stayed with their companies and never switched, um, people thought that they were being penalised and having higher energy costs. So the government put introduced this energy price cap, which kind of caps the amount of um, price people or companies could charge customers on these kind of loyal kind of um, non-switching tariffs that's now filtered through to the current time where actually it's protecting us from these wholesale price cost rises so actually um, companies that um, have have customers and offering tariffs on the price cap they're actually losing money per customer now because the real price that they're paying for supplying that electricity at the moment is above the cap um and they're so, going bust yeah. yeah and that's why we saw so many companies going bust um before christmas um some companies have long-term contracts to buy gas and energy and so they kind of have fixed costs but people that were buying it kind of on the day that it was being used they obviously have to pay whatever the price was on that particular day which is yeah, staggeringly expensive and mm, exactly yeah. but renewable energy companies are not regulated in the same way are they um, well, every energy supplier, I think, does offer a kind of price cap tariff. Um, like the company I'm with, it's a it's a 100% renewable energy supplier, but it's still kind of facing the same price hikes as other um, kind of energy suppliers. Um, yeah, the interesting thing is that yeah, some people ask, I'm on a renewable tariff. Why am I being effective? I don't pay for gas or mm. I don't use gas in my account. But it's more to do with the way the electricity market works in the UK, where we've got this. Well, for one point is we don't have enough renewables on the system for people to have 100% renewables 24/7365 days a year. Um, but there's periods where it's not sunny and windy, so your supplier will be having to buy electricity from the pool of power that's being generated, which will include gas or nuclear and whatever at some times of the year. They then buy certificates from renewable energy producers to kind of offset your usage with um, a generator somewhere that's renewable. So until we reach that point where everyone, everyone's 100 um, percent renewable all the time, then yeah, you're always going to be kind of influenced or part of that kind of wider electricity pool at some point. The other factor is um, the way prices are set in that market, it's not the average price that is what's paid um, for the customer. It's actually the highest cost generator is what sets the market price for everything else. So what we're currently seeing is that the gas generators are setting the price that other um, companies um, or generating types pay as well. So although we're now seeing um, where wind farms and solar farms are cheaper, it's getting price because at uh, the gas price because that's what's setting the market rate at the moment but that, i don't want to sound like a child in a playground but that's not fair <laughs> that's oh no not it, fair. it's it's not ideal no and um it would be a lot better if um it we, now we've got this situation where renewables are going to be cheaper than gas going forward if that was better reflected um in the electrical system it, it, does, it does seem it, it does seem you know if you're somebody like yourself and um we use good energy actually at home uh, and for the office so we're according to good energy they're um 
all of their electricity is comes from renewables. So it doesn't seem right that then you would be paying. I, I know what you're saying about the energy pool, but it doesn't seem right, does it, that if you're, if you're paying for that, you're actually seeing a huge um, price hike in your power when the power costs are actually going down. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, it's, yeah, anyone who's having to take part in that energy market, like there's other costs involved as well. There's the wholesale price probably makes up two thirds of what people pay on their electricity bill. There's other costs involved as well, including like there's VAT, there's the profits for the companies. There's also, because you have to use pipelines yeah, and electricity grids, about a third of what you pay is probably on costs to up, uh, maintain and upgrade those the electricity grids as well. Um, so there's some fixed costs that regardless whether you're renewable or gas, you will have to pay. Mm. But um, yeah, it's the more more renewables we have going forwards, um, it's going to be improving in the future. I'd also say that we don't want to end up with a situation either where there's kind of inequity in prices where the people that can afford to or can grab the renewal cheap renewables then leaves expensive power for the people that can't so there's that's one of the benefits of having the national grid is it does even out prices so it's fair for everybody that's a good point so so what you're saying if i'm playing it back right is that with as renewable prices are lower and then that that should balance out and so the Mm. overall pool will be a bit more balanced i suppose is the right way to say it and that will then give a fairer fuel price to everybody and help us motivate people generally to move to more renewable energy sources mm. yeah that's the um, way i understand it works at the moment it's not the in, it's a very complicated world the energy marketplace and um yeah there's it's not necessarily i know more about the generation and supply side but um like the other advantage like some people have been talking about the cost of environmental policies that are contributing um and that's just not really true it, like it really is the gas price that's contributing the price and to the price people do pay like there's certain social and environmental schemes like there's grant programs like which supply insulation and heating systems to people vulnerable households of fuel poverty that's paid for as a levy on bills um there's subsidies paid to oh, wind and solar farm generators that's part of the levy but it's I think out of a bill, let me just check the numbers here. Out of a bill that's now going to be about £1,900 in the price cap, um, £155 is associated with those levies. And that's actually come down in the previous round of the price cap. That was £173. So those environmental and social levies are actually getting lower. Mm. Um, and that's partly the way that these wind farms have contracted to sell their power now. They have a fixed price um, agreed um, through, it's called a contracts for difference. So if the market rates, when they sell their power is below this fixed price, they get a subsidy to top it up to that. But if when they're selling their power, the market rate is above that, they actually pay money back. Mm. So we're currently seeing wind farms are paying money back to the government, um, which is reducing the levy on bills. Um, And again, any future solar wind farms will kind of, be reducing the system cost going forward no i like i like your thinking on that one it's certainly it's certainly i mean one of the things i was thinking about was how do we encourage people to i suppose not just be um well to be thinking about renewable energy because obviously our biggest motivation as um 
I suppose, environmental activists is to try and encourage people to use more renewable energy and move away from the fossil fuels. But by having that, that pool and people actually having the wind farms getting a benefit back from generating more, that is the way that is going to encourage people more to do that because it will just be the way things are, won't it? Rather than having to make so much of a choice. If you see what I mean. So people, yeah, people yeah. won't be thinking, is it renewable or is it not renewable? They'll, they'll, mm. just, they'll just be getting their energy and it will more and more be powered that way and it'll become more the norm. Yeah, and we'll get to a point where the gas and is used a lot more infrequently just in those kind of periods where the renewables can't meet demand. So, yeah, the more and more wind farms and solar farms that open up, the better that situation will be. Yeah, better for the planet, but also flattening out, as you talked about, those highs and lows in pricing, it'll mm. flatten it out because we're producing a lot of it um, ourselves, which will, which will definitely help. Um, OK, that's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned the green levies, actually, because I know that... Um, there's been a lot of comment from people who are, it's in their interest to not move to renewable energy or to not support renewable energy, criticising the fact that we're that, that energy prices are supporting this. But as you say, it's just such a tiny amount, and it's it's more of a distraction, I think, than from the the main issue, which is the rising of the wholesale prices. Mm. Um, trying to blame you know green issues for for some of that is is not realistic. It's just a distraction technique um, that's really interesting I did also want to point out when I was doing my research before this that um, we're talking about energy companies and, and their the different types of energy companies so the fossil fuel energy companies renewable energy companies and how much money some of these companies are making so one question I wanted to ask you that someone asked me if renewable energy companies are putting their prices up a lot at the moment is that because they're raking off lots of money um, I don't. Th I think it's important to distinguish as well between companies that are supplying the power and the companies that are generating the power, because um, again, there's different benefits or different impacts depending on the role you, these companies play in the energy system. Um, so, I don't think anyone supplying power is raking in a lot of money at the moment. I think all the electricity suppliers, whether they're renewable tariffs or non-renewable tariffs, are suffering at the moment um financially but um yeah it's the um yeah people generating the power um that that's where the uh, and also pr uh, producing the gas and oil in the first place that's where the, the kind of profits are being made mm -hmm. at the moment so that's where the, if there was a windfall tax it would be on companies like that um so yeah the gas and oil producers um and then the companies that are getting record profits from generating power. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one about uh, should the renewable generators be um, yeah, getting, are they are they making profits as well at the moment? The same um, level, yeah, because I mean, I was looking, looking yeah. at the numbers, I mean, I think it's Shell that their, um, their prices over the last quarter was, the profits were um, highest they've been in eight years, mm. Shell. And if you think about how, um, people are suffering for their prices and companies going out of business and everything and then you hear something like that it doesn't leave a bit of a bad taste in the mouth doesn't it yeah when you see the numbers involved um yeah it's uh it's a it's a big um kind of disparity um sometimes and you see other countries that have played it out differently like um like for example norway it, it kept a national energy industry they've now got a sovereign wealth fund to play with okay um whereas yeah in the uk 
yeah, that's an interesting one is, yeah, um, we didn't have a equivalent sovereign wealth fund for North Sea oil and gas. So, yeah, it's up to a lot more about yeah, the markets and taxes now to um, fund a lot of the work that we want to do in terms of improving people's homes and yeah, the energy system. That's interesting. So basically they were taking in Norway, they were taking a cut of that wealth from power to feed back into their country infrastructure and people. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, they've now got this. They've got the profits and the wealth from the oil and gas sector and so now decarbonize. They've wow. kind of yeah reinvesting. Saudi Arabia doing the same. They're used, siphoning off some of the profits from their oil reserves to again pivot to a, a renewable energy-based economy. So, mm. um, I think it's important that yeah any profits that are being made are reinvested in kind of the future energy infrastructure, whether. Shell do that off their own backs, or whether they're shareholders or pension. Like that's the other argument. Some people say, well, some of these companies they pay out a lot of dividends to pension schemes, and um, and it's the same with renewables. I would say anybody that's making money at the moment should be reinvesting it in more renewables or green energy, whether mm. it's from solar panels on your own roof or um, yeah, there's so much more investment needed in the energy system that anyone making money at the moment should be either donating some to support those that are being hit by this or reinvesting it to avoid situations like this in the future definitely no absolutely i mean the windfall tax is a, a no-brainer and a carbon tax is a no-brainer as far as i'm concerned but that's a, a whole other subject okay final question because i didn't want this to be a really long one i know we could talk for ages um people are really worried we know they are um mm. what can we what advice would you have or help could you suggest to help people re reduce their reliance on fossil fuels, but also reduce their energy costs? Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, all these high prices at the moment, what they have done is make the benefits of insulating your home or generating energy at your home or investing in renewables somehow a lot more beneficial financially. Um it's great if you can afford to do that. And if you are in the position where you can afford to do these things yourself, I would encourage people to do that. Um, I would also say that for people who are really worried about energy bills and their costs is to get in touch with um, their local council. Um, they will have schemes available, either like payments, support grants, like to help with paying bills, or they will have grant funds available for people to get pretty substantial improvements to the homes both in insulation and heating systems so we're running um, a scheme at the moment called the green homes grant lad scheme uh, through our greater southeast energy hub it's we're working with a company called Warmworks and the energy saving trust um, so households that have under thirty thousand pound income can get a grant of around ten thousand pounds to do solid wall insulation if you're in a victorian property could be solar panels on your roof it could be a new um, renewable heating system um, so those are available either through us or checking with your local council um, yeah there's um, support from oh, get in touch with your energy supplier as well see if there's any other payments um, available but yeah there's um, yeah uh, there's plenty of schemes out there um, that yeah can support insulation um, improvements things like that no brilliant thank you yeah it's interesting one isn't it because i know that some of the energy companies did some advertising or I don't know, schemes where they were trying to get people to wear socks or dance around their room and these fell quite flat um, mm -hmm. in terms of the public but 
I think the principle had was some sense. It was just how they did it and what they said and and that element of saying our prices have gone up where stocks sort of here was a bit of a flat note. But I think we are going to have to think about other ways of keeping warm other than just turning on the heating. We're going to have to try and think a bit more widely. Like you say, insulation is a big one. I live in a Victorian house and um, we've we've been trying over the years since we've lived here to, you know, put all sorts of different insulation in, which really has made a difference to the prices, definitely, um, which is which is good. But there's lots of other things that we can be doing and other people can be doing. But anyway, we've managed to keep it to half an hour, which is what I was hoping. So thank you so much, John, for coming on. Um, are there any links or any places you'd advise people to go to to get more information about anything that you've said? Um, well, for general information about what you can do at home, the Energy Saving Trust has a really good website about, yeah, just the different information on the improvements you can make. Um, and again, I'll, I'll make sure I'll share some links that you can add under the video, hopefully. Brilliant. The podcast. Brilliant. To... Yes, I'll, I'll put this on YouTube and we'll put the podcast out on our normal Where Does It Come From podcast platform. If anyone wants to listen, they can go there and I'll tag John into that. So I'm sure he won't mind if you follow him on Twitter and find out other things that are, are going on and ask him questions. So thank you so much, John, for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Where Does It Come From podcast. Thank you.